At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. the nightcap live from the circus sportsbook on a monday night alongside john king former tampa bay buccaneer quarterback super bowl champ i am tim murray we continue our summer conditioning getting ready for the nfl season and today we start with the afc north reigning champs reigning champs of the afc that of course the cincinnati Bengals and a gentleman who knows a thing or two about cincinnati football dave La- uh, dave lapham joins us Right now, he played offensive line uh, in the 70s, has been a color analyst for the Bengals for almost three decades. Dave, uh, weird to talk about an appendix, but that's where we are. What's the latest on Joe Burrow? Because usually appendectomies, it's you know pretty standard to get in and out. Uh, it seemed like this was lingering. So what is the latest on, on Joe Burrow, and, and is this a, a long-term concern at all for the Bengals? Well, first of all, Tim, Sean, appreciate the opportunity to visit. And, uh, yeah, you're right. I mean, just like any injury, uh, every surgery is different. Every rehab is different. And um, this appendectomy wasn't your cookie-cutter deal. Uh, understanding is there could have been a perforation in the appendix, and then you, haven't, you, know, you have to make sure there's no infection issues and all that sort of thing. That there wasn't necessarily a rupture, but a, uh, a perforation. So. Um, he's actually moving a lot better now. Uh, he was kind of gingerly walking around for a little while. He was in the golf cart more than not, but the last two or three days, he's gotten a lot better. And he actually picked up a football the other day and started to do some things with the football. So, uh, far from making throws though, that you have to make in the national football league, that's for sure. And, you know, you have an organ taken out of your body, you know, and it's got a heel and the, and the, um, sutures and all that have to heal. So that torquing motion, as Sean knows, can be pretty violent with the core. So you have to be pretty smart about it. Um, I'm not sure exactly when he'll, he'll be back, but he is, he's ramping up, he's improving. So um, if he only has one week, get ready for the Pittsburgh Steelers. So be it. Hopefully it's closer to two weeks to get ready for the Pittsburgh Steelers, but I don't think you'll see him in any preseason games because they certainly don't want him to take a hit in that, uh, in that area. That's for sure. 
Well, it was interesting that he was uh, doing the, the wind sprints in the golf cart. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I will say this, yeah. though. Uh, I did think he needed this offseason. I mean, for all the great things that Joe did last year, still threw 14 interceptions, six most in the National Football League. A lot of people will say that's because he was under duress. 51 sacks in the regular season. That offensive line gave up 19 more in the four playoff games. So they went out and they addressed it. They brought in Alex Kappa at guard, Ted Karras at center, and Lyle Collins at tackle. Dave, my question is, how has that group looked thus far? Does it look significantly better than the O-line that Cincinnati had last year? Well, Lyle Collins hasn't taken a snap in training camp yet. He's got a lower back issue, so he hasn't even taken the field uh, with, with equipment or helmet at all. Um, Kappa has had a, uh, a core muscle injury, so his, his has been sporadic and, and limited. He hasn't taken a whole lot of uh, team snaps. The guy that has taken uh, every single snap, though, that uh, has been afforded to him is Ted Karras, and, and he is uh, he's, he's a guy that is a, you know, loves football. Every day is a good day for football. He's really given not just the offensive line room a, a significant leader, the entire football team a, a leader. Um, so he's he's the one that uh, you've seen the most of, but they anticipate when all three hands are on deck that it's going to be significantly different, significantly improved. Uh, Karras has been part of two Super Bowl victories with Tom Brady in New England. Cap was part of a Super Bowl victory with, with uh, Brady in Tampa. So these guys know what it's supposed to look like. Uh, they've achieved at a very high level. Collins is a big old you know tr- uh, tone setter out there at the right tackle position. He's played in playoff games with the Dallas Cowboys. They they expect that offensive line to be much improved. There's no question about it. Jonah Williams is doing a good job at the left tackle position. There's a battle going on at the left guard position. Jackson Carmen, who they drafted in the second round a couple of years ago, is it's kind of like his job to lose. They they drafted a kid named Boston out of North Dakota State this year in the in the fourth round, and those two are battling it out pretty much for that left guard position. Um, and you're right. You know, 70 sacks. Uh, amazingly, nine sacks, Tennessee Titans. They gave up nine sacks against the Titans and won the football game because three, intercep- three interceptions by Tannehill trumped nine sacks. He threw an interception the first pass of the game, the last pass of the game, and one in between. And, uh, and then in the, in the second half against uh, the Rams in the Super Bowl, they gave up six sacks. They gave up 15 sacks in six quarters of play in the playoffs and damn near won both of the football games. So if they can solidify, you know, the offensive line and, and actually could help Joe Mixon in a big way too, because if he can make his first cut at the line of scrimmage or beyond it, it's a much different dynamic than what he had to do deal with last year. He's making his first cut a lot of times behind his own line of scrimmage because, you know, they get, they're getting pushed backwards. You don't want to, see that necessarily so the offensive line is a big key there's no doubt well dave i'll say this thank god for health insurance i mean it seems like the entire you know group is is in the training room but i guess that's what you get nowadays you know around this time of year you mentioned joe mixon coming off his first pro bowl uh appearance i'm sure he's ready to build on that the receivers we don't really need to talk about them because they're really good for those that don't know that are listening jamar chase was outstanding last year 13 touchdowns T. Higgins, the number two receiver, had you know numbers that a lot of number one receivers would love, over 1,000 yards and six touchdowns. And Tyler Boyd's a great three. 
But I want to move to the other side of the ball because I think there's a huge question mark on defense. And Lou Anarumo, I hope I'm saying his name right, did a tremendous job last year. But, Dave, it was because they were really good defending the run. And the free agent uh, addition of Trey Hendrickson paid off. He had 14 sacks. They were able to get after the quarterback. Not so great against the pass, but they do have an extremely important piece of that defense. And as an individual, an elite player in Jesse Bates. Can you give us an update on Jesse Bates? I know they gave him the franchise tag, but I don't think he's shown up to practice yet. Am I right? You are correct. He has not shown up to practice, and they don't expect him anytime soon. They're hopeful that he'll show up before the Raiders game, you know, and get like a, at least a week of practice. in. I mean, I, I think they fully expect that, that, uh, or they're hoping anyway, that he will report, um, you know, $13 million, I guess if you can pass on 13 million better men than me. I don't know. I, I, I hope to, to collect that 13 million, but, um, and it's, it's guaranteed, obviously. And so if, he, if there's an injury or whatever, he's going to get that 13 million, but obviously they want a longer term contract than that. Um, yeah, but Jesse Bates, they, they drafted two safeties. Uh, Daxton Hill, Hill and Cam Taylor Britt. Yeah, how have they looked? Uh, Taylor Britt is is playing. He's a corner. He's a corner out of Nebraska, and they drafted Tyson Anderson uh, in the fourth round, another safety out of Toledo. And uh, so they drafted three defensive backs in their six draft picks that they had, and all three of them, um, two run four three eights, one runs four three six. So their team speed has increased dramatically, and that's going to trickle down to Darren Simmons and special teams as well. And they have looked, uh, you know, very fast. And honestly, defense carried them down the stretch. There's no doubt about it last year. I mean, defensively, they, in the playoffs, they held the first two opponents, you know, to under 20 points. Um, you know, they, they, the Vegas Raiders only had 19 points. Tennessee scored 16 Nobody scored more than uh, 24 points against them in the playoffs, including the Kansas City Chiefs and the Rams in the Super Bowl. So they uh, they had eight interceptions by seven different players in the, in the playoffs, 10 sacks. Uh, Henderson had three and a half, so he had 17 on the season in, uh, in 20, 20 football games. And Sam Hubbard had three in, in the playoffs as well. So they, they feel pretty good about their, their defensive football team and, um, obviously, Jesse Bates, they, they realize that not only is he a great player, but he's a huge factor in the locker room. I mean, he's a, he's a big-time leader in the locker room, too. So, you know, that ripple effect of, man, if they can't get a deal done with Jesse, what the hell chance do I ever have of getting a contract done, <laughs> you know, second or third contract? So, you know, there's that dynamic in play as well, and uh, everybody in, in the locker room is supporting, supporting Jesse Bates. Now, Dave, go back to the Dave. Go back to the Super Bowl, right quick. Was that Von Bell or was that Jesse Bates that had the weak side blitz on the Cooper Cup jet sweep and took a bad angle? Uh, I think it was Von. Okay, uh, it was fourth Jesse, down. Jesse, yeah, Jesse's the only uh, the only player though that had multiple interceptions in the playoffs. Jesse had a hell of a hell of a run in the playoffs. I mean, he he had, he had the two interceptions. Both of them were were you know big time. There's there's no doubt about it. He played his best football in the playoffs. I thought during the regular season he wasn't up to stuff. I think he was in his own head. You know, it was it, the contract negotiation wasn't going well, and I think he got in his own head a little bit. But boy, down the stretch, I mean, this football team caught fire at the right time. Um, 
in, in the they were they were seven and four in the Las Vegas uh, the uh, excuse me the Los Angeles Chargers come to town and they lose to the Chargers they get smoked forty one to twenty two and then they lose the next week at home two home games in a row they lose to the Forty ers in overtime by three points so now all of a sudden instead of seven and four they're seven and six it's the middle of December. And it's like, well, geez, maybe they, you know, maybe they're not going to make the playoffs. If they do, maybe they can win a playoff game. Well, then they catch fire. And, you know, it was uh, the defense played, played lights out we, and uh, the offense supported it. Great stuff, Dave. We appreciate it. Dave Lapham, Good stuff, Dave. Bengals offensive lineman and uh, color analyst now. Follow him on Twitter at DL in the trenches. More on the Bengals next. This is the Nightcap on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Ice cold beers, cold hard cash. Join the action on the pitch with the Heineken 2022 Soccer Prediction Challenge. Compete in 20 free-to-play pools this season for your shot at a share of $100,000 in total cash prizes. Head to DraftKings.com slash Heineken. Now to start your run at victory, Heineken beer made better. 21 and over only. Terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Drink. Responsibly, alongside Tulane legend, and former Buccaneer, Sean King. What are you pumping your fist at? I'm just saying, I'm just looking up some highlights from oh, Jesus. USF practice. Oh, because, yeah, usually they'll tweet out the bad ones. Hey, all I'm saying is. Yeah, do you, do you want to revisit your August 11th prediction? Hey, if you don't have USF plus the points, go ahead and get it right now. I don't, I don't care. They could Week w- one against BYU. I think they're going to win outright, but they're go ahead and take the points. And our bet, by the way, just a reminder, is not with the points. I didn't take the points. Oh, yeah. It's a money line bet. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's a garbage, absolutely. <laughs> Good luck. By the way, Arkansas, what are you doing? Arkansas plays A&M, Alabama, mm-hmm. Mississippi State, and then they said, you know what would be fun? Let's go to Provo the next week. Morons. What? Well, BYU will be fired up for that one after getting their butt kicked down in Tampa. Yeah, it's it's in October. You want to double down? Eh, I'll do another bet with the points, whatever it is right now. now why would I take a why would I take a worse number? Well then move on.
Just saying. Because I can get that bet from Femi and Stormy. You keep peacocking all the time. I can get the same bet from Femi and Stormy with the points. So I already have a wager with you, Moneyline. Oh, by the way, uh, Paul Stone, noted college football handicapper on our network, uh, under four and a half wins for USF was one of his favorite He's wrong, but okay. Uh, Chris Felica, under four and a half bets also. I talk to Chris all the time. He's wrong, too. I don't care. They could go 11-1. and one. He ain't, also thinks ain't North ain't Carolina's going to win the ACC. Yeah, I don't know about that one. Yeah. <laughs> all right, let's keep it rolling. With Maybe they might. I mean, but I don't know. I think they're going to lose their first game. I can't wait to see uh, Appalachian State, North Carolina, get off the bus and boom. Man, that place is going to be rocking. I saw today that I believe in the, uh, in the ticket market industry, that is the second most expensive ticket right now in all of college football. Man, I would have fired the AD right now for booking that game. No way. Yeah, I, I agree. I don't. I don't know how that how that happened. Uh, that is a. Uh, it's almost as dumb as playing three straight SEC games and then going on the road to Provo. That would be. A, that's that's a brilliant move too. Um, all right, get back to summer conditioning. All right, uh, with the Cincinnati Bengals. What'd Went- you take from what Dave had to say? The offensive line doesn't seem that much better. Well, they don't know because they're they all got, hurt. They got banged. Yeah, they got injuries. Yeah. Collins hadn't practiced at all. He yeah. made it sound like Capital's only been at maybe one or two. He said Karras has looked good. Karras has been there. Yeah. Uh, safety situation with Jesse Bates is is not ideal. At all. I don't buy the three rookies. I don't care how fast they run or going. But they weren't very good on in pass defense. They were like 24th in pass defense. And they're really good against the run. And... Trey Henderson, who was a New Orleans Saints the year before, Saint the year before they traded for him, he had 14 sacks for him, so that was good. And they got good linebackers. Logan Wilson had 100 tackles in only 13 games. So, I mean, they got some talent on defense. Well, and and look, it all starts with the quarterback is becoming a superstar in this league if he's not already there. Yeah, that's scary though. Him missing. I mean, he's basically missed the whole preseason. That is true. And they don't want him getting and hit. And not just like the games. He's not even practicing. And they don't want him getting hit, obviously. So he's not going to, as as Dave alluded to, he's not going to play in the preseason, which, I, I don't know, you you tell me. This is year three for Joe Burrow. I didn't, I didn't, play, I didn't play in this NFL. This is a complete. This, this is, there's no difference between the evolution of the NBA and the evolution of the NFL. Right. The NFL I played in was a gladiator league. Like, you had to be tough. Like, we practiced two-a-days. Like, we were in pads. Like, practice was physical. Like, you were ready, you know, from a contact standpoint. Like, you played four preseason games. It was etched in stone. The ones played about a series in the first one. And they played uh, the first half in the second one. And they played the first half in the first drive of the third quarter in the third one. And they were off the fourth game. Like, that's what we did. Like, this new NFL where, you know, they're never in pads. And, you know, you can't really hit anybody. Like, I don't know anything about this one. I, I really don't. So I don't understand why they have such an uptick in injuries everywhere when there's so much less contact. Well, I mean, well, with for Joe Burrow is a freak. Situation. Right, right. And yeah. I mean, but I'm talking about the rest of the guys. Yeah, no, I hear you. I mean, it seems like they, they got guys banged up all over the place. I mean, the weapons that they have are elite. Yeah. Jamar yeah. Chase, yeah. superstar. T. Higgins is a damn good wide receiver. Yeah, Joe Mixon just coming. He's a 3,000-yard Russian seasons and I think five years. So he's going for his fourth. So, I mean, the consistency, the talent is there. Joe Burrow was sacked 55 times. 51 in the regular season. Times total last year. 19 more in the playoffs. Right. So he ended up with 70. So this is a guy that we saw the last play of the Super Bowl. There was a man open, but Aaron Donald was in his face. He overthrows it, and that's that's your ball game. 
Do you, what is, is the offensive line still your biggest question slash concern for the Bengals? After saying all of that, I still think the Bengals have fewer questions than anybody else in the AFC North. I mean, I, you can tell me what you want about Baltimore and Harbaugh and how consistent they've been. They don't have any guy. They don't have. I, I mean, J.K. Dobbins just came off the pup list. I, I mean, who is Lamar throwing the ball to outside of the tight end? I'm just. I, I don't believe. If I'm not going to sit here and criticize the New England Patriots and Bill Belichick for not going out and pieces, and then sit here and advocate for what the Ravens have done as far as surrounding Lamar Jackson with elite talent, especially a receiver. So I, I think Ravens have legitimate question marks from a talent standpoint on offense. Pittsburgh, it's the quarterback position. Can Mitchell Trubisky get that markedly better in his second opportunity no. to be a full-time starting quarterback? No, All right, and Cleveland, it's the quarterback position. How long is Deshaun Watson going to be out? So the only the, the fewest question marks, now I did not know that the offensive lineman had missed that much time. I'd heard Collins was dealing with something small and and Kappa, but I didn't realize Collins hadn't practiced yet. And the Kappa has very rarely practiced. I mean, they've got to get continuity. They've got to get their line calls. This is three guys who never played together. Like, the fact that they're not hearing Joe Burrow snap count to get used to what he sounds like and his rhythm. Like, I'm kind of less high, especially early in the season on the Bengals, than I was prior to that interview. But at the same time, everybody in that division, to me, has significant questions. I think that's fair. I also, I mean, we'll get to the Ravens later this week. I am much higher on the Ravens than you are. Yeah, we're just talking about the North, though. Just who? Right. Yeah, if you like them to win it, then that's fine. I do. Yeah. And they were, you know, 8-3 and three when Lamar was healthy, and then he got hurt and things fell apart. Their defense was, was obliterated. Let me say this. But let me, let let me, me just say this right yeah. quick about your Ravens. They have the worst receiving unit in the National Football League, and they don't believe in their quarterback enough to actually pay him. And that's the team that you're going back to win the division? They believe in Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson wants to get more money. No, he wants it guaranteed. Yeah. and So they don't believe in him. I, I think they would happily sign him. He doesn't want to sign a deal he that is – He wants it guaranteed. He wants to play out this year and get more money. Yeah, he wants a guaranteed deal. I'll point this out, and Warren Sharp made this on his, uh, on his website. The Bengals had the third easiest schedule in the NFL last year. This year, it's the seventh hardest. So – it was a 10-7 and seven football team, and they made the incredible run to the postseason. I think there's a possibility of regression coming with a more challenging schedule than what they saw last year. They were playing a last-place schedule last year. This year, they don't. This year, they're playing a first-place schedule. So those turn changeover type of spots are challenging. I hold that thought. Hmm? Um, see, I always like to go back and look at these things because – you know how I am about schedules, and, and, and so they opened against the Vikings, right? Because they were in that shootout. Minnesota was incensy, and they end up kicking a field goal. Evan McPherson, that was the first of, I think he kicked like 65, 50-plus yard field goals last year. He's unbelievable. That's not an easy game. I'm they just, actually lost I'm to the – I'm just pointing out the facts. I know. Those they, are facts. They lost to the Bears in week two. Did the Steelers make the playoffs last year? Yes. Okay. Then Jags are terrible. The Packers, they were in the playoffs. Lions, terrible. Lost to the Packers. Yeah, I'm saying the Lions and the Ravens are good. And they got all their, their conference games. They lost to the Jets. I'm just pointing out the facts of I know, who they played. But I like and the, the schedule has gotten Right, harder. but when someone says, like, it's always why I push back on the strength of schedule thing because when I'm looking at it, 
I don't see all this. I don't see the easy schedule people were talking about. I mean, their their non-conf, their non-divisional games last year were Denver, San Francisco, the Los Angeles Chargers, the Las Vegas Raiders, the New York Jets, the Detroit Lions, the Green Bay Packers, the Jaguars, the Vikings, the Bears. Okay. I'm just, I don't, I don't it's not really that easy Sean. of a schedule. Okay. I pointed out the fact that it was easier last year. You know who their crossovers this year as the number one team? Guess who they get to play? The Bills. Guess who they get to play? The Chiefs. That's because they won their division they last year. They played the Niners and the Packers last year. Who's better? Niners, Packers, Bills, Chiefs. It was really six in one hand, half a dozen in another. I just gave you a fact, and you somehow tried to spin it. The facts are the schedule's tougher tonight, Kevin. This is the Nightcap on VSIN, the sports betting network. Keep it rolling here on the Nightcap. Summer conditioning starting with the AFC North champs, the reigning AFC champion, Cincinnati Bengals, Joe Burrow. Back out on the field feeling better today after his appendectomy where he was out two weeks. Alongside Sean King, I am Tim Murray. Uh, just to wrap up a bizarre conversation where I just you know stated a factual statement and somehow my co-host had to argue with me about it. Okay. Um, I mean, you want another fact? The Bengals played 11 games against non-playoff teams. That's a fact. Second most of any team in the NFL. But if you want to argue against me that they played a equally challenging schedule, that's okay. I just, all I do, I'm a news reporter. I just report the facts. Someone has told me that before. Yeah. So are you betting the Cincinnati Bengals to win the AFC North? They have the least amount of questions. Okay. Are you betting... I haven't made that decision yet, especially after hearing the news that the reason that I was so high on them hasn't really even gotten a chance to manifest itself, which was the upgrades that made an offensive line. You know, but those guys have to work together. Like, they have to hear the calls and, you know, they have to have live snaps with Burrow and him making, you know, changes and audibles, you know, and, and, you know, getting out of one play and into another. And the fact that Collins hadn't practiced at all, that's scary. The fact that Kappa has barely practiced, if at all, that's scary. The fact that Joe Burrow isn't practicing and doesn't look like he is going to practice for the next couple of weeks, that's scary. So I'm a little hesitant now just to jump you know, all the way in on the Bengals, which is what I was before. So I'm probably going to take a wait-and-see approach now. So you see, you know, is Collins and Kappa, are there injuries, something that are going to be longer than they anticipate? You know, what's really going on with Burrow and this appendix? You know, so I'm kind of going to take a wait-and-see approach on this division. But I don't love anything else, especially with the uncertainty, you know, surrounding Deshaun Watson and Cleveland. One other note, and I, I love Joe Burrow. I think Jamar Chase is a, is a superstar already after just one year. The Cincinnati Bengals in 2021 played the number one easiest schedule of past defenses. In fact, 
And now they will face the number one toughest schedule of pass defenses. Just something to keep an eye on. The over-under on wins is 10. Do they get back to where they were last year? 10-17 and 17 last year. Obviously made the, the remarkable run to the Super Bowl and had a real darn good chance of winning the Super Bowl. Uh, do they get back to double-digit wins this season? I don't think so. I do. I, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just it's, – it's, I, I don't like what I was hearing about the, the offensive line. Man, they're coming off of giving up 51 sacks, man, 19 more in the playoffs. They gave us 70 sacks last year. And now I was bullish on them because, okay, I thought we could mitigate that disaster and not just create something that was average but something that was elite because you were getting experience and skill and production and championship genealogy in Kappa and Karras, who both have played with Tom Brady and won championships. You were getting elite physicality in Collins. So I was loving that group, and, and you know, I'm just I'm gonna take a wait and see approach now. All right, let's look at some of the. Uh, What's their total? Ten. Ten wins. Yeah, it's probably about right. Had ten wins last year. That receiving core is elite. It is. It's I elite. Do not this disagree. Is, yeah, Jamar Chase, T. Disagree. Higgins, T. Higgins, over thousand yards and six touchdowns last year. Now I do the stat that's pointed out. The ease of defenses that they played as opposed to what they're expected yeah, to play Yeah, I don't this think year. that's going to matter with those guys. I mean, I, Tyler Boyd, who's a 3,800 yards receiver over the last four years, so he's almost been at 1,000 yards a year himself. Look, I don't disagree. I, I think you Mixon's look, excellent catching the ball out the backfield. Not a lot of depth at the running back position. If Mixon gets nicked up. True. So I, I'm not – I'm just – I'm also a believer. You look at teams after they lose the Super Bowl – Regression normally comes. Now, I think, look, I think long-term, the Bengals are, are set up phenomenally. They have Joe Burrow. They have these elite weapons around him. They're going to keep building up that offensive line. Um, but I, I wonder if the run to the Super Bowl, which was unexpected, but I'm not taking anything away from them. They, they did it. They went to Kansas City. They came back. They beat the Chiefs. They deserve all the credit in the world. Mm -hmm. But I do wonder if there is a little bit of regression coming. Could be. And that's where, you know, that's why I like the Ravens. Now, I'll, I'll state this. I have not made a bet on, other than you and I going head-to-head -head on the Ravens and Browns, I have not made a personal bet on this division. I like the Ravens. Haven't decided to pull the trigger just yet. They are the favorites now, so there's not that much intrigue there on the Ravens. But I think there could be some regression coming. That all being said, betting against Joe Burrow and and that team of wide receivers is is a risky proposition. So let's get to those. When you go to <laughs> – this is funny. When you go to the Ravens uh, roster, mm -hmm. wide receiver one, they have Rashad Bateman. Then they have a gap on their roster from two to four, and the next one is wide receiver five, Jalen Moore. <laughs> <laughs> For wide receiver six, Benjamin Victor. Like This may be the most unproven group I've ever seen – at receiver that are attached to a team that everybody seems to be extremely high on. I just don't I don't see it. I don't get it. Hopefully I'm wrong because I'm a big Lamar Jackson fan, but I don't see it. The way this game is played now, I, I, the teams that are winning have big-time studs at wide receiver. That's why these guys are all of a sudden getting paid all this money. It, it's not a coincidence. 
So you're gonna tell me that New England and Baltimore are gonna do it without any studs at wide receiver? I didn't say. I know. I'm just putting them in the same boat because I think they both have done a disservice. Yeah, you're right. But I got Jonah Smith and uh, and what's what's the other the tight end? They got two of them. They're paying them a lot of money too. Well, congrats. A lot of people get Patrick Corbin's getting paid a lot of money to be the worst pitcher in baseball for the Washington Nationals. Whoa, whoa, they're not Patrick Corbin. Don't do that. Hunter Henry is the other guy. Hunter Henry and Jonah Smith. I mean, they're getting paid. You know, big bucks. Is Mark Andrews better than both of them? I mean, oh. come on. Come on. I mean, let me give you Hunter Henry touchdown total since he's been in the league. Eight, four, five, four, nine. Can you nine. answer my question? Who's better? I mean, he's elite. Can you? Mark Andrews? Yeah, he's yeah, I know he is. That's why I, he's better than Hunter Henry but and I, or Jonu Smith. The thing is, is he such a big red zone target, but you could kind of do it because last year you had Sammy Watkins also, and you had Hollywood remember. Brown. Now, this year with neither one of those guys. Sammy Watkins? How many games did Sammy Watkins I'm play? just saying. Not this year, Hunter, uh, Mark, Mark Andrews getting doubled definitely. Who else are you going to cover? I mean, look, I, I like the two wide receivers they got, the two tight ends they got out of the draft, and Likely and, and uh, Kolar. I hope you're right. I mean, also, if you're going to compare the Ravens against the Patriots, you know what the Ravens have? A guy who actually has coached offense before. Yeah, that's in, a big advantage. Greg Roman. Yeah, I'm, so. not, I'm not vouching for Belichick <laughs> and that flim flammery. He got going talking about Matt Patricia and Joe Judge. Not an advocate of that foolishness. All right. Uh, Joe Burrow's season over under passing yards is. 4,450. Passing touchdowns, 33 and a half. Interceptions, 12 and a half. He threw, as you mentioned uh, earlier to Dave Lapham, uh, he threw 14 last year. Six most in the league. Most passing yards, 12 to 1. Uh, and most passing touchdowns, 9 to 1. Those all at DraftKings. Uh, to look at others, Jamar Chase, 1250 is his over under, 10 and a half receiving touchdowns. T. Higgins, 975. Tyler Board, Tyler Boyd, excuse me, 795. Joe Burrow to win MVP, 12 to 1. Jamar Chase, Offensive Player of the Year. Could be an interesting one. Cooper Cup, of course, winning that award last year, 30 to 1. Uh, Trey Hendrickson, who had a hell of a year last season to win D- Defensive Player of the Year, 40 to 1. And then Zach Taylor uh, to win Coach of the Year would be 20 to 1. So I just threw a lot of numbers out there, which I, I completely recognize. Anything. Intrigue you? What about Jamar Chase what receiving the, yards? What, what what was the? I was going to ask. What was the Jamar Chase receiving yards? Twelve fifty. Yeah, I think you can go over that and over Burrow, over forty four hundred. Only thing that keeps either one of those guys under is injury. Yeah. If they play seventeen games, Burrow's throwing for more than than forty five hundred, and Chase is going to catch for more than twelve fifty. Yeah, I, I think my favorite of the bunch would be Jamar Chase. Because uh, I don't see a I don't see a scenario where Chase doesn't get a hundred catches this year. He only had eighty one last year. I know. Got thirteen touches on eighty one catches. And still had fourteen fifty five in year. Yeah, so I, I I don't see him not having a hundred catches this year. So I, I like him over twelve fifty and I definitely love Burrow over the forty four fifty. Yeah, the Joe Burrow, you know, the the injury, the appendectomy thing just I, I know I should probably just get it out of my head because he should be back in time, but that just makes me that spooks me a little bit. A little I would bit. say I'm worried about the O line, but I mean he got sacked seventy times last year, so <laughs> it can't get any worse. <laughs> Famous last words. Jeez. <laughs> well, the Cincinnati Bengals, uh big target on their backs after making the AFC uh, winning the AFC last year. How will they respond? We will see Joe Burrow, fortunately, back on the field. That's Sean King. I'm Tim Murray. 
The coaches poll, the most irrelevant thing in all of sports, came out today, and we'll discuss what it looked like next. This is the Nightcap on VSIN, the sports betting network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1 800 Gambler. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, Somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Keep it rolling here on the nightcap. Todd Furman will join us at the top of the hour. We'll chat with him. A lot going on in his podcast lately. They're diving into the NFL, so we could really go any. Angle there with uh, with Mr. Furman. We have done a, a bunch of college football with him as well, alongside Sean King. I'm Tim Murray. The coaches' poll came out today, uh, Sean, which is, uh, for my money, the most irrelevant thing in all of sports uh, because these coaches don't watch other teams other than the upcoming opponents. But, hey, let's give them votes. And, uh, fortunately, this means absolutely nothing. But it's a talking point, and... It means everything to me. They got the first three teams right in some order, Alabama, Ohio State, and Georgia. Uh, Somebody, (coughs) which I'm convinced it's Nick Saban, voted Texas as the number one team in the country. Uh, They are currently 18th. But you look at the coaches' poll, Alabama, Ohio State, Georgia, Clemson. Once again, one, two, three in odds. And actually, Clemson is, I think, has the fourth shortest odds. Then Notre Dame at five. Eh. Uh, I'm not super high on the Irish this year. Michigan, Texas A&M, Utah, Oklahoma, uh, who's had some interesting days here. And then Baylor, number 10. Um, I just want to read a tweet from Brad Powers. Based off his power ratings, he tweeted this out. He said, the most overrated teams compared to my power ratings were Houston, Wake Forest, and Baylor. The most underrated teams, per his power ratings, were Tennessee and Penn State. What's your takeaway from uh, the glorious coaches poll? First of all, Clemson's way too high. You know, until they get quarterback figured out, I don't know how you can rank them. Fourth. Elite defense. Yeah, they had an elite defense last year. So the guy they're going to start still won ten games. By the way, just putting it out. Ten and three. The, the guy that's going to start at quarterback, as we sit right now, has thrown 459 passes in two years. He's thrown 14 touchdowns and nine picks. 
in a day and age where offenses are lighting the scoreboard up. Who should be for them? Where Clemson has been outstanding on offense every year up until DJ, he's really struggled. So my point is, Clemson's starting 11, I think, are really good. They've battled injuries. I think what you've seen now is their depth has started to be eroded a little bit. They haven't pivoted in this new transfer portal NIL environment. That catches up with them at some point. I'm not saying that the way Dabble Sweeney runs his program is wrong. I'm saying he's not adapting to the changing climate in college football. Where does that start to show up? Your depth. Now that guy is sitting behind your five-star defensive tackle. If he goes down, he's now a walk-on or a three-star. You know, so that's where I think Clemson has a lot of question marks. And then quarterback. I, I just if DJ hadn't gotten better, you can't tell me Clemson's the the fourth best team in the country. And when you look at that wide receiver group, that thing in the star-studded group we've come to expect at Tennessee. I mean at uh, Clemson, they, they don't have them six-four gazelles running around to catch everything and run away from everything else. Who should be four? That's the. Thing. I don't know that I have a, a logical. Answer because you can't say Texas A&M. Texas A&M. Well, I'm gonna get to I'm gonna games. get to Texas A&M. I'm gonna get to Texas A&M. I don't know how they're seventh and we sit here in Alabama's two touchdown favorite over them. I mean, are they telling us that A&M's overrated? Or are they telling us that Alabama's that good? Ohio State's a two touchdown favorite over the number five team in the country. I was gonna get to Notre Dame. I don't like Notre Dame you sitting can't, at five. You can't. But then you who's ranking them? Where are they going, Sean? Down. Okay. Someone has to be four. Someone has to be five. That's the problem this year in college football is that there's three elite teams and then everybody else. Georgia's a double-digit favorite in every single game this year. Ohio State's a double-digit favorite in every single game this year. Alabama's a double-digit favorite in every single game I think game this Georgia year. has a bunch of questions to answer, too. This is the first time. In, listen, Kirby Smart, take my hat off to him. Congratulations. I think he just became the highest-paid coach in college football history, the new extension he got from Georgia, if I'm not mistaken. He's earned it. This is the first time since his tenure in Georgia started that they put the amount of elite talent they did into national football. Fifteen players drafted, and what I think is five coaches on the staff that left and have been. He has not had to do this yet, so I think there's some big question marks with that Georgia program. Not are they going to be below average, but are they going to be elite? Are they going to stumble two, three times this no. year? I wouldn't be surprised if they do. I think what Nick Saban has done at Alabama is very hard to duplicate in that conference. Now, if you tell me Ohio State's losing a lot of guys, I get it. Their guys are so much better at the skill positions than the majority of teams they play in the Big Ten. I mean, just it's just a fact. Ohio State's guys are better than the majority of guys they're going to play at Purdue and Iowa and those schools. Georgia's skill guys, as good as they are, they lost 15 of the 22 to the NFL. There's some really, really good players at Ole Miss, at Mississippi State, at LSU, who nobody's talking about. I know. I know. At Florida, no, who nobody. Come on, don't give me Florida. Hey, Get listen, out of here. Listen, listen. Anthony, no. If Anthony Richardson's healthy, no. I'm just telling you, no. I'm a big fan of the head coach. I think Florida's going to shock some people. I think it starts week one. They lose I think Utah. Utah is going to the swamp and lose. Cigar bet. Let's do it. Utah is Florida going to the swamp and ready. lose in week no. one. Nope. Stetson Bennett back. They got elite tight end play. I mean, Stetson Bennett's not an elite player at quarterback. He won a national championship. Yeah, he was serviceable. 
But I, I mean, they they tried to hide him. They Eric almost Gilbert, benched him. Eric Gilbert and Brock Great Bowers tight end. are elite. Yeah. Tight Brock ends. Bowers probably the best tight end in the country. I wouldn't argue with anybody Debatable. that that says something. I know know that the guy I know the name is Mike tremendous Gilbert. too. But I'm just saying Bowers is legit. So what I'm saying though is to your point, and I agree. But I, I think Notre Dame isn't the fifth best team in the country. But someone's got to be five. Yeah, I never agree with the preseason poll anyway because all it does is handicap teams. The first so, poll shouldn't come out to after week four. I don't disagree with any of yeah. that. However, we have it, and all I'm doing is just asking questions about teams that normally would deserve to be ranked this high. So who, like Michigan, I, they lost a lot on defense. Yeah, and they were already average their, on offense. They lost to begin their offensive with. coordinator, lost their defensive coordinator, lost the number two pick in the draft. Uh, Ajabo would have been a first round pick if he Jackson Hill was a first round pick. So yeah, they lost a ton. I mean, yeah, I, I, I don't think Michigan's the sixth best team in the country when this is all said and done. You haven't answered any of my questions though. Who's number four? Who's number five? Who's number six? I mean, everyone could jump and say this is wrong. This is wrong. That's what Twitter does nowadays. But you got to have twenty five teams ranked, and someone's got to be there. And based off of the actual betting odds, Clemson should be the fourth best team in the country. Whether that's right or wrong, and they've got a lot of question marks, no doubt about it, but they should be four. Who should be five? Probably not Notre Dame. Very interesting. Wake Forest get in the, the coaches' poll is ranked in the top 20. Has that ever happened before? <laughs> and what are you talking about? Get the hell out of here. I'm questioning why they're in the top 20. <laughs> I thought you were going to say Wake Forest is the top. Because you talk before you listen. The first time ever I think Wake Forest might have been in the top 20 by the coaches. And how about this? No LSU, no Florida in the top 25. Should LSU be in after what they did last year? I mean, when you're looking at someone over Wake Forest, I mean, what's more likely Wake, to happen at the end Wake of the year? Wake Forest went to the ACC championship. They did. LSU won six games. They did. And lost by 9,000 They in did. They got game. the great Brian Kelly there now. So, and they got Miles Brennan back. Like, that's something that's not being talked about a lot. I thought Miles Brennan's second half of the season also, Miles, two years ago played pretty good. Miles Brennan was so good that they brought in Jaden Daniels from Arizona State. Well, because uh, – Max Johnson and those guys left. T.J. Finley had left the year before. Max Johnson left this year. So you don't have any depth at quarterback. And Brennan is coming off of missing the entire season because of injury. So you got to add at least some depth. And if you can add experience depth, that's even better. Bouti is in the conversation for one of the top five, seven receivers in, in college football. I mean, the kid can really play. But if you base preseason – Holes off of a little bit of last year, a little bit of the offseason. You can't put LSU hey, in there. Having said that, I think Florida State beats LSU on week one. Mm, nice. I think that's a 50 50 game. I agree. Yeah. However, if it was. It's in, the, it's in New it, Orleans. It's in, it's in right. the Superdome. So there's going to be. But Florida State's not far. Tallahassee. I mean, yeah. Tallahassee to New Orleans is what, a five, hour, a, a five six hour drive? You think, that, you think that arena is allowing any, uh, what is it, scarlet and gold in there? I don't know how I'm fired up. Tiger Nation is with Brian Kelly. Notre Dame coming in their backyard, beating them on recruits. Sure did. Uh, they ain't too happy with Mr. Kelly right now. Who is number four, Sean? Thank you. I mean, you're not going to agree with what I'm going to say, so I'm going to just keep my mouth closed. Because I personally think that Kentucky's one in the East oh, and that Kansas State's one in the Big 12. I mean, me personally. I'd even feel better if, some, if Texas was in the top 10. At least I can project and think that, okay – if Quinn Ewers is as good as people thought he was coming out of high school, they have a dynamic group of wide receivers. How many points did Kansas give up? How many points did Texas give up to Kansas? Well, I mean, I mean, you, you, you are. If we were going about, by, if we were going about, by last year, you, you, since he'll be in the top ten. 
We're talking about 2022. But, but you criticized Clemson who won 10 games last year. I didn't criticize Clemson. Texas I didn't criticize Clemson. 57. I said their quarterback has almost 500 attempts and only 14 this touchdowns really in productive. two years. This is very productive. Second. It was. Because you didn't give me the number four team in the country unless you're Kansas State. Get the hell out of here. For the love of God. <laughs> At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.